Hello everybody, it is Michael back with another episode of the Under Pressure Podcast. I appreciate you guys' support on the show a ton. We got NBA basketball back today. Preseason is starting. I'm so, so excited about that. We got to talk about the ESPN Top 100 Players, the Paul George Extension, and season previews for the Northwest Division. So yeah, let's just get right into it. First, talking about the ESPN Top 100. So I know the issues with lists like this and everybody knows them that they are meant for people to react they do a lot of things intentionally so it gets people talking but i still want to talk about it because even though i know the nature of these and i know that they're just for clicks uh, i still feel like it's interesting and it's important to talk about something like this because honestly it's not all bad there's some terrible placements but i actually put this into tiers where okay so i have the good placement tier where which is probably where i'd have maybe a spot uh, higher or lower but I think it's a good spot fine is just uh, even though I'd I'd have them in a different spot I think it's pretty solid uh, and they could be moved up or down like like maybe four spots the knots here is it's not the worst thing ever but I definitely disagree I'd have the player probably seven or so spots higher or lower than they are and then the what tier is just it's an outrageous one makes no sense Uh, especially when we get into like the top 10 obviously you can't move a player up like that much or down that much but some of these are just absolutely egregious and getting into the some of the worst ones like Danilo Gallinari and John Collins both on the Atlanta Hawks they have them at 85th and 84th I think that's absolutely ridiculous especially John Collins John Collins is around a top 40 player in the league and they have him at 84 and the weird thing was I looked at the ranking they had him uh, in the previous season and they had him around like the 45 to 50 ish range so it makes no sense for me why after a year where he played better even though he played limited games due to his suspension where he played better shot 40 percent from three was a super efficient inside score just improved his game quite a lot why is he going down almost 40 spots like that makes no sense and you I guess you could say like the opportunity is going to be a little bit less but still he's going to get playing time so it just makes no sense Danilo Gallinari 85 another ridiculous placement uh, Danilo Gallinari even though he's coming off the bench is still going to be an extremely impactful player is one of the most talented offensive players we have in this league so him being 85 is just outrageous DeMar DeRozan at 82 and I'd say I'm much lower on DeMar DeRozan than the average person even that, 82 is just out of this world for DeMar DeRozan. That is straight up terrible. He is not the 82nd best player in the league, and no one can even make an argument about that. I Again, I'm lower on him than most are. I'd have him at like 50-ish, and that's what I had him at uh, in my list. But 82 is just ridiculous, even though I think he has an outdated... Uh, skill set he's still really good at what he's good at a great mid-range scorer great ball handler is an improving playmaker so that's just that's just so stupid D'Angelo Russell another player I'm probably lower on than most but 69 is just it's just ridiculous to place such a talented player like D'Angelo Russell that low a great ball handler has a great floater game and it's one of the best three-point shooters in the entire league great pick and roll player Uh, and he's gonna have a really good pick and roll partner with and pick and pop partner with uh, Carl Anthony Towns, so it's not like you can say he's not going to have the opportunity 
opportunity or he's not going to have the team around him. I think that's just another stupid one. Then you've got Tyler Hero, who's one of my favorite players in the entire league. I love Tyler Hero so much. Like, I want to get a Tyler Hero jersey. I really like his game, but he's starting to become a super overrated man. 59 is just way too high, especially when you consider the players he's uh, above. Above he's above D'Angelo Russell, Demar Derozan, John Collins, and Danilo Gallinari. That's just ridiculous. He would be a player that for me is around like around where a Danilo Gallinari is, and yeah, he's just way way too high. You got Zach Levine at fifty six. That's that's so disrespectful. Uh, Zach Levine is one of the most underrated players in the league for me, to be honest, because uh, I feel like people recognize his talent, but just because he's been in some really bad situations, people don't fully understand the extent of how good uh, Zach Levine is. Is easily one of the best three-point shooters in the league, shot like 38% on about eight attempts. He was an incredible three-point shooter last year, is a great isolation scorer who has a really good handle, is improving in other parts of his game, so having him this low is ridiculous. Lonzo Ball is above him at 54, and I really like Lonzo. I'm probably higher on him than most. I think his versatile skill set with his improving three-point shot is very valuable. Guy who can rebound, pass, uh, defend. He can do almost everything, but he's just way too high, especially considering his lack of aggressiveness on the offensive side of the ball. He can't finish really at all yet. He can't shoot uh, free throws, and he doesn't get to the free throw line at, uh, at all. So that's just an outrageous placement, especially, again, considering the guys he's above. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. at 51 uh, is just too high at this point. Like I'm expecting big things out of him, but he's ahead of multiple all-star or near all-star level players when he just simply hasn't proven much. And even if you're criticizing a guy like Zach Levine for his poor defensive play, Michael Porter Jr. was a terrible defender last year. And we can't just assume that he's going to improve like dramatically on that end. Uh, and I just think that's way too high. DeMontis Sabonis, an all-star player, number 50, is ridiculous for him. He was great last year, was incredible on the offense side of the ball, is one of the best playmaking big men in the entire league, great post score, one of the best rebounders in the league. So having him at number 50 is just stupid. Like, it makes no sense that DeMontis Sabonis is the 50th best player in the league. This dude was an all-star last year and is probably going to put up similar production this year. That's just terrible. Uh, Russell Westbrook, 36. Again, a player like DeMar DeRozan where I'm probably lower on him than the public, and I can still recognize that this is an atrocious spot for Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook at 36 is one of the most disrespectful things I've seen in a long, long time. He is still, at the end of the day, one of the most athletically gifted players that this game has ever seen. He's still a crazy athlete, even at his older age. Uh, and he just does so much out there. You you cannot tell me that Russell Westbrook is the 36th best player. But you have Ja Morant, a second-year player who I like a lot. I think he's going to be great next year. But you can't tell me that Ja Morant's going to be a better basketball player than Russell Westbrook in his second season. Like, no chance. And that's a ridiculous placement. Jamal Murray is is just a case of I need him to prove it more. Like, I know this is a predicting list, but you're really, really banking on him being great if you think he's going to be the 21st best player next year. 
that's just too high for me at this point. And even though he had a crazy playoff run where he was incredible, it's just a case of I need to see more. He's just not proven enough yet uh, to have him that high. Zion Williamson at 19. And the annoying thing to me is not even how high Zion is, because I'm actually probably higher on Zion than a lot of people are, just how good he is. Like, he was incredible his rookie season, and I expect him to take another big leap. But they criticize so many people so heavily for injuries and then put Zion at 19. Like, there's so many guys that are put way too low just due to injuries, mostly. Like, Kyrie Irving, they have at 25, and that's mostly due to injuries. But then you put uh, Zion so high. You have Kevin Durant at number 6 due to uh, injuries. Like, it just is so inconsistent, and that's honestly the bigger issue than anything is how inconsistent this list is and how they uh, take away certain things from uh, certain players and then just don't do that for other players. Like you, If you're going to have Zion that high, you also have to have Kyrie Irving right where he should be, which is around like 17. You cannot have him at 25. That's just ridiculous. Uh, you put Bam Adebayo at 13. That is just so crazy. Like, I, I really like Bam. He's a super fun player to watch. So versatile. Can do basically everything out there on the court. Except for shoot right now. Uh, but him, him being 13 over a guy like Joel Embiid is just... It's just... It's, it's just so stupid. Like, it makes zero sense to have a player like Bam to buy that high. Even though he had an incredible playoff run, he had a great regular season. That is just way too high at this point in his, in his career. And then one of the, the, just the most disrespectful things is Stephen Curry at number eight below Damian Lillard. I cannot wait for Steph Curry to come back and prove to people who he really is. Because the disrespect that this man has been getting has been out of this world. He is one of the 15 best players we've ever seen play this game. And he is still a top five player in the league right now. And depending on how Kevin Durant comes back, he could easily be the third best player in this league. There's just so many issues with this list. It's them saying dumb things for attention. And they know what they're doing every time they... Uh, post out like when uh, they do the list they post the most ridiculous things like Tyler Hero as high as he was and DeMar DeRozan as low as he was just to get attention and it's kind of a thing of all all publicity is good publicity which is an issue with not just ESPN it's an issue with all these media companies is that they have zero integrity they don't care about actually uh, saying what they believe they just uh, say what gives them clicks and it's just an issue with the mainstream media as a whole is just saying things for clicks and then like the traditional sports show where it's one person hates this topic then one person loves it and they argue about it and they both give out of context points to make uh, their argument look good and neither of their arguments are good and they do the same thing with the list where they say out of context stuff to make players look much worse than they are. They use certain criteria for some players like injuries and then don't do it for others. Like if Steph Curry's eight because we haven't seen him in a year, then why Zion 19 when we saw him play 20 games and he was out of shape in the bubble? Uh, it's just it's just ridiculous. And this list is absolutely terrible. Um, they had so many bad placements on this. So for my tiers, I had a good, I had 31 good placements, and like I said, it's not all bad in this list. There's a lot of bad things, but it's not all bad. Like LeBron's one, I think that's a perfect spot. Jason Tatum, 11, I think that's a good spot. Chris Paul, 15. Ben Simmons, 16. Paul George, 20. There's plenty of really good spots on this list. I haven't 
uh, 31 of them. And then for my fine category, I have 27. There's plenty of ones where I can understand the rationale. I can understand you thinking Kevin Durant's going to take a pretty big step back due to the injury and being six, and then Giannis is going to progress and be three. There's uh, plenty of good ones. And then the NAW category, uh, there's 27 of them. And there there's some ones that are just... Like Damian Lillard at seven over Steph Curry is just it just makes me cringe when ev- when they are even put in the same category. L- Stephen Curry is on another stratosphere than Damian Lillard, and sorry to say that, but it just is what it is. Luka Doncic at four, my favorite player in the entire league, and I think that's just too high, especially considering you're putting him over Kawhi Leonard. And I know the Clippers' uh, collapse last year was absolutely embarrassing, but Kawhi is still great. And I feel like people take it so out of context, that playoff run, because other than that game seven, and I understand that's the biggest stage, that's where he needs to step up, and he failed. He was terrible that game. But every other game other than that, he was incredible. He was so great in the Mavericks series and was a big reason when other people were failing him that they were able to beat uh, Luka Doncic in that series. So him being that low, James Harden at nine, like... That's just that's just ridiculous having him again below Damian Lillard, and I don't want to make it sound like I don't like Damian Lillard because I do, uh, but it's just it, he, they're just way too high on certain people and then way too low on others. CJ McCollum at twenty seven is also way too high, and I I was looking at the rank they saw they had him at thirteen last year. I didn't even talk about this list last year, and I didn't even read it, but ESPN is just tripping with this list, and it's one of the worst things I've seen. So. Yeah, that's the problem with this list, and yeah. Let's move on to Paul George's extension with the Los Angeles Clippers. And first, I want to get this out of the way that no matter what you think about Paul George, no matter what you think about uh, him in the playoffs especially, this is a massive W for the Los Angeles Clippers. Because people were making fun of them because they were going to lose Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, but then they re-signed Paul George and they still get criticism. But this was an absolute must to extend Paul George. You gave up so many assets for him, and yeah, that was a bad trade. That's way too much. And this is a huge contract for a player like Paul George. But at the end of the day, you had to retain your guy. You gave up so much for him. And even if maybe later you flip Paul George, at least you get something out of that. If you lost both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to free agency and got nothing out of that, that would have been a colossal failure for them and one of the biggest messes in NBA history. That They'd be on like the Brooklyn uh, Nets level of mess with what happened with the Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce trade. It would be that bad for them. Uh, but at the end of the day, Paul George is a very talented player, and especially in the regular season, uh, with Paul George on your team, you're going to get wins at the end of the day. Even if you're uh, like a scrappy eighth seed or just outside of the playoffs, you're still going to be a competitive team with Paul George at the helm. And again, it's a lot of money. He can make as much as $226 million, depending on uh, the incentives. And he could be a 35-year-old making $45 million. But you also have to consider the cap is going to continue to go up. So that's even though it's a huge number, it, it, and again, especially for a guy like Paul George, it's a really big number. It's not going to be as much of a percentage of the cap by that time. And it was just an absolute must that they resign him. Because even if they lose... Kawhi Leonard, which would still be really, really bad for them, and they'd still be in an ugly position considering all the picks that they have uh, delegated to the Oklahoma City Thunder. 
uh, it would be such a mess to lose both of them. And at least they uh, retained Paul George, retained one of their star players. And it's time for Paul George to step up at the end of the day. It's time for him to prove why he got such a big contract uh, and that he's worth it. He needs to have a massive season uh, uh, this year. Obviously not for his contract because he got re-signed, but just for his uh, legacy and his reputation in the league, he must be better than he was last year. There's no excuses now. And Paul George is a guy who talks a lot, especially ever since he's got uh, to Los Angeles. He's been talking so much. So if if they fail yet again and Paul George is a big reason why, then it's time we really re-evaluate Paul George and put him even lower than we already are. Because he went down from like the 8th, uh, to 10th best player in the league to for most people uh, not even in the top 20 anymore so he's got to step up he's got to have a massive season next year he said he's with his trainer that he had his uh, near MVP season with so it's time for Paul George to step up and definitely big W for the Clippers and one of the biggest losers of this is uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder it definitely hurts for uh, Paul George to be on that long of a contract because again no matter what you think about Paul George, no matter how good you think he is, he's going to lead you to wins, at least in the regular season. So it definitely hurts. I think those picks can easily still be something. Like, uh, they're not just uh, going to pan out to nothing. Because, I mean, they have like five first-round picks and two pick swaps. They have a crazy amount of picks. And Paul George might uh, not even be on the team by the time some of those picks uh, come to life. But it definitely hurts for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Because... If they lost Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, uh, that would have been one of the biggest W's in NBA history for uh, the Thunder. And it was still a phenomenal trade for them. They got a great season out of Danilo Gallinari. And now they got their uh, star player in Shea Gildas-Alexander plus seven first-round picks. It's still a great trade. But it would have been even better. And they could have really, really capitalized if they didn't uh, re-sign either of them. I'm super interested to see what happens with Kawhi Leonard. I think it really does all just depend uh, on this season because uh, Kawhi Leonard has uh, clearly been a guy where he's not like su- he's not super uh, big on I'm gonna stay in this one organization for my entire career. I mean, he left he left the team that he won the championship with the year after, like. Kawhi could easily leave, so it's time for Paul George to step up, and it's time for this Clippers organization as a whole uh, to play much better basketball because they got some tough-ass competition. I'm super high on the Dallas Mavericks this season. I think they're going to be incredible, especially if uh, Chris Porzingis is healthy. Um, uh, the Lakers, I expect to repeat. The Denver Nuggets are still good. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers improved a ton this offseason and uh, look like some uh, sneaky contenders. There's so many good teams in this Western Conference, so again, it's time for the Clippers to step up, uh, and they have to retain uh, Kawhi Leonard. Super excited to see what happens with them this season. Now moving on to some season previews for the 2021 NBA season. First, starting off with the Denver Nuggets. My starting lineup for them is Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Will Barton, Paul Millsap, and Nikola Jokic. I uh, expect some changes to happen through with that lineup throughout the season, especially depending on how young players play. But at least for day one, this is what I expect the lineup to be. Jamal Murray is a player I'm super intrigued about going into this next season because we saw him have one of the best playoff runs I've seen in a long, long time. Like He was absolutely incredible uh, for the Denver Nuggets in that playoff run. Came back from down two 
uh, three ones. It was one of the most special things I've seen. Hit so many crazy difficult shots, and we saw the Jamal Murray that I think we all knew was inside him, but just could never consistently be there because he had some crazy games and seasons, and he'd have stretches where you'd be like, oh, is this time for Jamal Murray to break out? But that was a true like 18-game stretch where he was just he was just great. Uh, he was hitting a really, really tough threes, uh, and he was being the big-time three-point shooter, which I think was the thing that uh, was going to unlock his game the most, was his ability to hit those tough off-the-dribble, step-back, sidestep, uh, where he's curling around a screen in the pick-and-roll threes, and he was really doing that. Super excited to see if he can take that leap, be a most-improved player candidate, uh, be being a solidified all-star, maybe even try and fight for an all-NBA uh, spot it's gonna be really cool to see what happens to jamal murray this season i got gary harris at the two who's re regressed a lot on the offensive side of the ball which has been tough to see because he uh just a couple of years ago was a really really uh fun up-and-coming player the denver nuggets gave him that big contract he was averaging like 17 points still playing good defense hitting the three ball well enough uh, but he's really taking a big step back his three-point shot has gone down a lot and he just doesn't shoot uh nearly as much anymore it's it's just not really a big part of his game. He's focused a lot more on the defense side of the ball, which definitely helps this team because Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic are both not good defenders. But Gary Harris has uh, definitely taken uh, a big role as a wing defender on this team, and he stepped up in that. Uh, he still gets a lot of uh, cuts to the basket off Nikola Jokic, uh, and he's just going to be a player that fits in that team well. Wouldn't be surprised if he gets traded uh, at some point, but for now he'll be a solid uh, defensive wing for them. They got Will Barton at the three, who I like quite a lot. Uh, I think it's a pretty underrated player, one of the more underrated players in the league, and had a really good season last year. I don't think nearly enough people mention that the Denver Nuggets were that good in that playoffs, and they were missing a starter in Will Barton. Will Barton started a lot of games for that team, and he's just a really well-rounded and nice player, solid on the defense side of the ball, has really good length. Uh, can finish at the basket, shot the three ball pretty well last year, can play make, is a lot of the times a secondary ball handler out there for uh, them, and I really like Will Barron. I'm super excited to see him back healthy, and I think that's going to be a, a really nice piece uh, to reintegrate into this team. They re-signed Paul Millsap on a pretty small contract, and I like that uh, quite a lot. He's just a, a good veteran presence, could see a spot taken by Michael Porter Jr. some up at some point in the season but he's just a really nice player who knows himself uh, and is good leader for this team he's really good on the defensive side of the ball I think a lot of teams could have used a Paul Millsap he's uh, improved his three-point shot in the past couple years as that's been more of his role he's getting the ball way less in the post and stuff so he's really improved his three-point shot I think he was around a 40% three-point shooter last year so if he can continue to do uh, that just shoot the three ball really well and play good defense and be a veteran presence be be okay to come off the bench if a young player is emerging uh, which I think he will be uh, Paul Millsap is going to be a really nice piece for them this year and then they got Nicole Jokic at the five who we all know is one of the best players in this entire league uh, the best center in the league potentially an MVP candidate this season a ridiculous playmaker I, I don't expect him to actually be an MVP candidate because Nikola Jokic kind of always takes the regular season easy, but we know when it's playoff time, Nikola Jokic is one of the best players in this game. He has always been a great playoff player in his uh, two playoff runs. He was incredible, uh, dominates in the post. We all know his playmaking. His playmaking is one of the most beautiful things 
uh, I've ever seen, especially out of a guy his size. It's just really special. And he's so unathletic but so skilled that he's still one of the best players in in a league filled with top point zero 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 one percent athletes. He is a pretty average athlete, and he but he's just so skilled that it makes up for it. I love watching Nikola Jokic so much. Easily one of my favorite players in the league and definitely my favorite center. He's super fun to watch and is just such a great player. Off the bench, they got Monte Morris, who they retained on a, a pretty solid extension for both sides. Monte Morris is easily one of the best backup point guards in the entire league. Uh, whenever Jamal Murray is injured, Monte Morris has always stepped up. He's just a super efficient player in all facets of the game. Uh, he's a great playmaker who's always had one of like the better uh, assist-to-turnover ratios in the league, as he does such a great job of lim- limiting turnovers and then uh, getting his assists. He works super well in the pick-and-roll. He's got a, a nice pull at mid-range out of the pick-and-roll. Is a good three-point shooter. Just does everything you'd want out of a, a good backup point guard. And I absolutely love that they retained him. I think uh, that was really big for them to get such a good player like him back. You got P.J. Dozier at the backup, too, who emerged uh, in a couple uh, games in the bubble last year. Really good defender, can uh, guard one through three. Definitely needs a lot of improvement on the offensive side of the ball. Needs to improve his three-point shot. Needs to improve his free-throw shooting, especially because we saw that kill them in some uh, games against the Los Angeles Lakers with his poor three-point shooting. Uh, poor free throw shooting, I mean, but he was put out there for his defense, and he is a very, very good defender, especially with the loss of Torrey Craig, who was their best wing defender off the bench last year. They're going to need someone like him to step up, uh, and I think he will. Uh, then you got Michael Porter Jr. off the bench, who I'm expecting a very good season from. Uh, I think he's going to shoot the three ball really, really well. He has the special ability. Uh, it's almost Kevin Durant-esque. I'm not doing that comparison because Kevin Durant's one of the best players we've ever seen. And that's way too much expectations to put on a young, unproven player. But he does have that Kevin Durant ability to hit really tough shots that may look like a bad shot when they're going up. But they go in because they're just so skilled. And they have so, they have so much size and length that they can just shoot over most players. He's a really special offensive player. Cuts to the basket super well. He's a great off-ball player. Runs off screens well. Uh, and basically, other than on the defensive side of the ball, he's already a really good player. So I expect him to take a leap on defense, which is the thing he needs to improve on most. And it's not even like an effort thing, even though I think his effort could be better on that side of the ball. It was a lot of times just a lack of understanding thing. Like uh, he wasn't acclimated much in the regular season and was uh, expected to play a lot more in the playoffs and in the bubble as a whole. So you could tell he didn't know when to rotate at the right times and stuff like that. So I expect him to be a lot better on the defense side of the ball this year. Uh, and I just expect a really good season out of MPJ. I got Jamichael Green at the backup four, who is a player that I like a lot. I think my uh, Jamichael Green is just a super good veteran that uh, is really underrated. He uh, can shoot the three ball really, really well and has improved at that every single year. Uh, and even though they did lose Jeremy Grant, which was a big loss, uh, Jamichael Green can make up for some of that. He's going to be really nice next year. He's going to shoot the three ball well, play defense, and then just get out of the way. Uh, and that's a, a perfect role for them. Then they got Bull Bull, who's a big wild card, and I'm super excited to see how involved he is in the rotation because last year he was on a two-way contract. This year, officially on the roster on a full-time contract, and it's going to be super interesting to see how much he plays because uh, he definitely could have some injury concerns with just the crazy size he is and how he moves, but he is a true unicorn. Is one of the most unique players I've seen in a long, long time. 
uh, is a player who's going to be playing at like the four at the wing sometime, even though he's 7'3", can handle the ball, can shoot it really well, can block shots, crazy long wingspan. Like, he's such a fun player, so I really hope he does get good rotational minutes, and I think he could be impactful. Uh, he's got things he needs to work on. He needs to work on his body, needs to become stronger, fill out that frame. But he has uh, all the skill set to be a really special player. And that's just another super low-risk high, uh, high reward pick from them. They've done that so well these past couple of years. We've seen it uh, pay off with Michael Porter Jr., and I think we're going to see it again with Bobo. For the rookies, they got RJ Hampton, who fits into that mold of the Michael Porter Jr. and Bowl Bowl. Uh, Low-risk, high-reward pick. He's going to be a player who I don't expect to get big minutes this season, I ex but I expect him to uh, be a player who's involved in the rotation uh, later in his career. He's a really talented player, was one of the top uh, five guys coming out of high school, and then had some weird stuff when he played in the NBL. was pretty inefficient, and he's not a player I'm super high on, but with the development staff of the Denver Nuggets and how good they've developed players in these past couple years, uh, I definitely think they could unlock some things in RJ Hampton's game. Uh, super good slasher, has great length, uh, has pretty good pace, uh, can, can handle the ball pretty well, just really needs to improve on his three-point shooting, uh, but other than that, he is a player with a pretty high ceiling, and I like that pick a ton for them. They got Zeke Naji, which I didn't like that pick nearly as much. I would have much rather had them retain um, Mason Plumlee, but uh, the Detroit Pistons did give him a pretty solid contract, so I can understand that. But Zeke Naji will be a solid backup five for them at some point. Uh, really, Pretty good shot blocker, has good length, is like 6'11". I uh, can shoot the ball a little bit, especially from the mid-range. It's a pretty solid mid-range shooter. Just does a lot of like the traditional big men stuff, rebounds well, sets good screens, roll to, rolls to the basket. And it'll just be a, a cool backup five for them. And then they got Marcus Howard out of undrafted free agency, who is an explosive scoring guard, is going to be really bad on the defensive side of the ball. And when he's out there, he's going to uh, only be able to play limited spurts due to that. Reminds me of like, a current day Isaiah Thomas he's just so small he's like he's like 5'10 and that's always going to limit you severely uh, with uh, how good you can be and how many minutes you could play because Isaiah Thomas was so good in his MVP season because he literally had the perfect situation the perfect team the perfect coach for him uh, but yeah Marcus Howard is a really uh, talented offensive player can shoot the three ball like crazy uh, can uh, handled the ball really, really well. Works great in the pick and roll, but I don't expect him to get many minutes just due to uh, the massive liability that will be on the defense side of the ball. My team MVP for them is Nikola Jokic. I mean, it's clear he's the best player on this roster, uh, and he's in for another great season, especially with the better shape that he's in. I expect him to not get off to like the slow start that we've seen the past couple seasons from him. I expect him to be uh, firing out of the gate. It was a shortened off season, so he better have stayed in that shape, and I expect just another great season from him. My team defensive player of the year for them is Paul Millsap. Uh, I just expect him to be a really good player on the defense side of the ball. Also could have gone with a guy like Gary Harris. But Paul Millsap is just such a seasoned veteran uh, who knows the game very well and is very solid on defense. My team most improved player for them is Michael Porter Jr. I'm expecting a really nice season out of him. Uh, I expect him to be that starting four at some point. Uh, I think he's going to shoot the three ball really well, hit those tough mid-ranges, uh, and be another electric offensive player, a lineup that includes Jamal Murray, the Michael Porter Jr. that I expect, and Nikola Jokic is immediately going to be so good on the offensive side of the ball. 
My biggest storylines around the season is how good is Jamal Murray? Is he the player we uh, saw last regular season or last postseason? Or has he been in the middle? Is he like a 23 and 5.5 and guy on really good efficiency, uh, shoots a three ball well? That's a great player. Or is he like the 26.5 on ridiculous efficiency, averaging like 6 uh, to 7 assist player? It's definitely going to be really exciting to see. And it's, uh, how much will the loss of Jeremy Grant hurt? Very good player and stepped up huge for them in the playoffs last year. It's uh, not even on the offense side of the ball because I, I think they could make up what he brought on the offense side of the ball, but it's way more the defense that I'm worried about because uh, there's so many good wings in this Western Conference, and Jeremy Grant was asked to do a lot on the defense side of the ball at the wing last season. Uh, so you're going to have to have guys like a Will Barton, Paul Millsap, Michael Porter, and Gary Harris really step up uh, at the wing defense. Uh, my next one is, how good will MPJ be? Is he ready to be like the solidified third guy for this team? An 18-point-per-game score who uh, sh uh, shoots it really well and then plays good defense? Or is he just going to be like a cool 15-point-per-game score? Still isn't really good on the defense side of the ball. And you s see the potential, and he could be ready to be uh, step up and be that third guy next season. Uh, I'm just interested to see that. And then is Bol Bol ready to play? I really want to see Bobo getting legitimate minutes, so uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how he plays in training camp. I think that'll affect it a lot. He's going to get a lot, lot of opportunity in preseason, I expect, and it's going to be really cool to see. My expectations for them is to be a top three seed uh, in the Western Conference and be a second round or conference finals exit. Uh, they definitely had some uh, big losses, and uh, there are a lot of teams in the Western Conference getting better. Uh, but I still expect them to be really good. They're just really well coached and have uh, such good talent on that roster. Especially looking at that uh, duo of Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, they're easily one of the best in the entire league. My next season preview is for the Oklahoma City Thunder. My starting lineup for them is George Hill, Shea Gildas Alexander, uh, Luke Wenstor, Darius Baisley, and Al Horford. George Hill, super solid vet, uh, was one of the best backup point guards in the entire league. Uh, last season, solid playmaker, uh, has taken a lot less uh, ball handling responsibilities as he has gotten older and it's gotten on teams where he's just not that uh, guy he used to be anymore, but is an excellent three-point shooter, was one of the best in the entire league, and I think he may have had the best percentage in the entire league. He was a sniper from out there and shot uh, a decent amount of attempts per game. He's a very solid uh, defensive player as well. Uh, and he's just a really nice guy to have on this roster. I expect uh, them to get some value out of him and potentially uh, be able to flip him for something because he's just a, a really, really nice player. And I like that he uh, they got him a ton. Uh, they also have Shea at the two, who I'm expecting a really good season out of him. I think he's going to put up some inflated numbers. Like His numbers probably won't show how good he actually is because I don't think he's going to be like a 25-point-per-game scorer in his career. But he is uh, a really solid and well-rounded player who reminds me of like the Drew Holiday mold where he's like a second-slash-third option on a championship team, but he's super well-rounded, uh, can shoot the three-ball a little bit, not great at that yet. Uh, can shoot the mid-range well, good in the pick and roll, needs to work as a facilitator a little bit. And I just love the pace that Shea Gilles Alexander plays because he's never uh, out of control. It He's always in control of the game, uh, and he's always going at his own pace. He uh, just knows what to do out there. Seems like a super smart guy. I am interested to see, without the great uh, 
players that he's had around him throughout his career so far, especially with the veteran leadership that he's had with him, uh, how good he'll be. Because, you know, he had Chris Paul last year who they had a phenomenal relationship. They seemed to just really, really like each other. And I was watching a Chris Paul interview uh, on with J.J. Redick, and he was talking about how he still talks to Shea every day. That relationship was really good. And then he had some really good vets on that Clippers team as well. He had a guy like uh, like Danilo Gallinari, uh, had a Patrick Beverly. There was just a lot of nice guys on that roster who I think helped him learn a lot. So without that, I'm interested to see how he does. But I expect really good things out of him, and I expect him to expand his game a lot this season. We got Luguen Store at the three, who... Uh, is a, a pretty exciting player to watch, even though he's not like uh, an offensive player by any means. He is so good on the defensive side of the ball that it's just fun to watch. Like him playing the great defense that he was on James Harden in the playoffs last year was one of my favorite th- things to see. Uh, he definitely needs to improve on the offense side of the ball and needs to become a more consistent three point shooter. Um, but I think he can do that, uh, and he's already so good on the defense side of the ball that he can be like their Andre Roberson, which is really cool that they got a similar player in the same vein uh, as an Andre Roberson in Luguen's door, uh, and I really like him. They got Darius Baisley at the four, who's one of the players I am most high on going into the season. I think he's going to be an uh, most improved player candidate and I think he's in for a really good season he showed some great signs in the bubble after really not being involved at all in the regular season he definitely seemed to improve his game in the extra time he was shooting the three ball really really well uh, he's a pretty good defender with some great length and he just has a lot of potential I think he reminds me of like a Lamar Odom type of player who is a big uh, four who has a unique skill set can shoot the ball uh, can handle a little bit, can create his own shot, is decent on the front side of the ball. Uh, and I'm so excited to watch him this season. He's, again, one of the players I'm most high on, and I'm just most excited to see. I got Al Horford at the five, who I'm definitely expecting a way better season out of him uh, this year. I think uh, Al Horford has become extremely underrated because I know his season last year with the Sixers was really, really bad. But you have to consider all the variables that was in it. The fit of that team in general was terrible. And he was playing at the four, which is simply not his position uh, in the league anymore. And even though his contract makes him look like a much worse player than he is, because at the end of the day, that's an old overpay considering how old he is. He's still a solid player who can play make very well, uh, is a threat at the uh, three-point line, uh, and is a really good defender, uh, still a super smart player who's really good on that side of the ball. Uh, and I expect him to have a very solid season, get his value up, and then the Thunder are going to flip him for uh, some young assets because that's just what the Thunder do. On the bench, they got uh, Frank Jackson, who is a player who's bounced around a ton in his career, but I just think he's a solid backup point guard. Can score the ball pretty well, can play make. Uh, it's just a pretty solid player. Uh, they got Ty Jerome, who's a young player. They took a swing on in that Chris Paul trade. Was really bad in his rookie season, uh, but is a guy who has some potential. Is a pretty big guard with him being like 6'5", 6'6". Uh, can uh, play make, can handle the ball. Uh, just needs some time and needs to improve for sure. But I do like them just taking swings on young guys like him. Uh, they got Hamadou Diallo, who is a ridiculous athlete. Hasn't really been anything else in his career and needs to uh, round out his game if he wants a spot in this league. But he is just so athletic that uh, he'll have some highlight plays, he'll have some fun stuff, and he's uh, solid on the defense side of the ball and can finish at the basket. But just definitely needs to improve his three-point shot and needs to round out his game a lot. 
I got Justin Jackson, who was one of the players that was most uh, frustrating for me to watch last year as someone who's a big Luka Doncic fan, uh, watching him play for the Mavericks and consistently miss wide open threes when he's meant to be a shooter was really frustrating, but he's just another guy that the Thunder are taking a swing on and hoping pans out. Uh, he is a guy who uh, can shoot the ball, even though he was uh, pretty bad last year and was really inconsistent. Uh, but he does have some potential as a 3 and D uh, wing down the line. I just don't really like him as a player. Uh, they got Trevor Ariza, who is a player that I expect them to either buy out or like trade for like a second-round pick. He uh, is a player who's definitely taken a step back in these uh, uh, past couple of years, but he is still a good 3 and D wing, fits that mold that really any team could use. Uh, and he's still a valuable player uh, to championship teams, I would think. Got Admiral Schofield, who is yet another player, a young player who hasn't proven really anything, but they've taken a swing on. Got him from the Washington Wizards, uh, and is a player who has some potential to be like a three and D wing down the line. Uh, and I just, I just really like that strategy of continuing to take swings on young guys who haven't proven anything, but could be something for you, and you're gonna give them some opportunity to prove themselves. Uh, they got Mike Muscal at the backup five, who is a really good shooter. Uh, at the center position, doesn't really do anything else, but shooting is just so valuable in this league, especially when you can be a center who could shoot. So I, I could see them trading him for like a second-round pick at the trade deadline uh, for some team that just needs a shooting center off the bench. Uh, and then they got rookies and uh, Alexis Pokusevsky, who is a true unicorn in this league, is one of the most unique players that I've seen come into the draft, and is one of the players that I'm most excited about in in the 2020 NBA draft because he is a player that I could see being absolutely nothing in the league but I could also see him being a true star to superstar level player like he is really really talented is a seven footer who is still super young who can handle the ball who can facilitate really well who can hit three pointers who block shots uh, but absolutely must put on weight he's about seven foot and like 200 pounds he is frail as ever is like bowl bowl levels of frail but uh, i think he has so much potential on uh, i think he can be a really really good player down the line is gonna need some time is gonna need patience like thunder fans shouldn't expect him to play big minutes or be really good this season but i really like pokusevsky and i like his potential a ton and then they also drafted Theo Maladon, who is a really solid, uh, I think he'll be a really solid backup point guard in this league. Actually reminds me a little bit of like a George Hill type of player, just a uh, solid uh, ball handler, good on the defense side of the ball, uh, and then can play make pretty well. Uh, I like that pick quite a lot for them, especially getting him in the second round. Uh, that was really good for them. Uh, my team MVP for them is Shea Gildas-Alexander. Expecting a big season out of him. Probably won't have the greatest efficiency and is going to put up some inflated numbers. Uh, but he's still going to be a really good player this season. Uh, and I'm just expecting, uh, yeah, another good season out of him. He's been really good in his young career so far. My team defensive player of the year for them is Al Horford. Definitely was thinking of putting Lou Dort there. Uh, but I think Al Horford's in for a bounce back season when he's not going to have to defend a uh, quicker force. He's going to defend his actual position uh, at the five, and he's going to be a really good uh, defensive coordinator for this team. He's going to help uh, these younger guys learn a lot. Uh, I just think he's in for a much better season than last year. And my team most improved player for them is Darius Baisley. Like I said, I expect him to be one of the most improved players in the entire league, not just on this team. Uh, and I think he's in for a massive season. 
Uh, he's going to be a lot more involved than he was last season, and I think he's going to take full advantage of that. I hope that three-point shot continues to be as good as it was. I hope he can uh, flesh out some uh, more ball handling uh, and be a more of a shot creator. I'm really excited to see him play this season. My biggest storylines around the season is how good is Shea? Is Shea like a number two on a championship team? I really don't think he can be a number one. Uh, I just don't see that in him with his ball handling and his playmaking. Like They're both not bad, but they're both not nearly good enough. But he is still so young that he has a lot of room to grow, and I'm super excited to see how good is he. Uh, and then will one of their young guys uh, that they took a flyer on pan out? Uh, they took a flyer on a lot of young players, so will a Ty Jerome, will a Hamadou Diallo, with a Justin Jackson, Admiral Schofield, will one of those guys plan out and be a player that they can uh, be happy about going into the future, or will all of them just uh, not really pan out to anything? Excited to see that. And then, what can they flip the older players for? Is Al Horford going to improve his value? And even though some team will be like, that contract isn't great, it's only a couple more years now, uh, and he's still a good player if you play him at the right position and he's in the right fit. Uh, and then, will they be able to flip Trevor Ariza for something? Will uh, a team that's looking for a veteran 3 and D wing give them like a second-round pick or a young player that... Uh, the Thunder can get again, take a flyer on. Definitely excited uh, to see what they could flip uh, with a guy like George Hill, Al Horford, Trevor Ariza. Because I could see teams wanting those players. And I, I'm expecting them to be one of the worst uh, teams in the league. But honestly, I think that's good for them. Uh, in a draft with some really talented players, if they get Cade Cunningham to put alongside Shagels Alexander in the backcourt, who I think complement each other perfectly, because Cade Cunningham is one of the best playmakers uh, we've seen in the draft in a minute. He is excellent as a playmaker, but also is really good as a scorer. Uh, the three-point shot was something that was a concern for a lot of guys coming into the season and was basically like one of his only weaknesses. And he has been shooting the three ball really well so far in college. The form is nice, uh, and Cade Cunningham is so talented, so if they could get him, that'd be a crazy backcourt going into the future and then you're just going to see what you have in the young guys on this roster see how good Shea is see if Lou Dort is a starter for them going down the line see how good Darius Baisley Frank Jackson Ty Jerome Hamadou Diallo Justin Jackson Admiral Schofield all those guys are and then just try and flip the older players for any assets that you can continue to build the crazy stockpile of assets that you already have my next season preview for the 2020 NBA's uh, 2021 NBA season is the Utah Jazz. My starting lineup for them is Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, uh, Bojan Bogdanovic, and Rudy Gobert. Mike Conley had a really weird season last year where he was dealing with some injuries and just really wasn't the player that we saw in previous seasons from him. Uh, he was excellent uh, before they traded for him uh, for the uh, for the Memphis Grizzlies, but definitely took a big step back, but showed some really nice signs in the bubble. Still couldn't really get that consistency, but I'm expecting a better season from him. I just hope he's healthy because I still think he can be a good player at the end of the day. He can shoot the three ball very well. Uh, that's the best thing he did last year. Can still play make, uh, can handle the ball, works well in the pick and roll, especially uh, as, can work as a playmaker and as a scorer out of the pick and roll. Like I still think he has value, uh, and I still think he can be a good player. I'm hoping for a bounce back season for him. 
Um, I two for them is Donovan Mitchell, who was coming off a really good uh, playoff run where he was just great for them uh, in that seven-game series. It was not his fault at all that they blew that 3-1 lead. Him and Jamal Murray had one of the most incredible duels that I've ever seen, and he was a big part of that, putting up 50-point games. He was incredible in the seeding games as well, and I'm expecting a really good season out of Donovan Mitchell. I don't know if he's going to take like a crazy leap because he's already such a good player, uh, but if he can continue to become more efficient as a scorer and improve his playmaking, honestly, that's the thing I want to see him improve most is the playmaking. But he's such a good player who's been amazing for the Jazz in, the, in his young career so far, was very well deserving of the contract extension that he got and is in for another amazing season. My three for them is Joe Ingles, who's definitely taken a step back in these past couple of years. Like Joe Ingles is a player that I, I like quite a lot, and I thought was one of the best role players in the league, but he just wasn't that same guy last year. Shot wasn't hitting as much as it had previous seasons, but I still think he's a valuable player. He's a really good playmaker at the three. Uh, him and Rudy Gobert consistently have had one of the better pick-and-roll uh, duos in the entire league, which is really weird, but he's a really good playmaker out of the pick and roll. Uh, still can shoot the three ball, on uh, is a solid enough defender, uh, but definitely has taken a bit of a step back in his older age now. And then you got Bojan Bogdanovic at the four, who I think a lot of people just forget that they were missing him in that series. So it was crazy that they even got up 3-1 uh, on the Denver Nuggets in the first place. Because Bojan Bogdanovic is a really, really good player who had a great season for them last season. Uh, was one of the most efficient three-point shooters in the league, shooting about 40%. I mean, he was a near 50-40-90 guy. Uh, didn't shoot well enough on the field, shot like 45-40-90. Uh, but is a really, really good offensive player who can create his own shot a little bit, but is just excels as a catch and shoot guy. Uh, and then a guy who will take like one, who pump fake, take one dribble and then shoot it. Uh, and then is solid enough on the defense side of the ball as well. I really like him. Uh, and they got Rudy Gobert at the five, who's consistently been one of the best defenders in the league, is an excellent shot blocker. Sometimes, sometimes can get exposed due to his lack of mobility against a really good guard in the pick and roll, like against a guy like Jamal Murray or James Harden. Uh, but is still an amazing defender, especially around the basket. Excellent defensive rebounder. One of the best screeners in the entire league. Uh, they run a pretty heavy pick-and-roll offense, and he's a big reason why because he's such a good screener. And has improved on the offensive side of the ball year by year. He's never going to develop a playmaking game or a three-point shot. But if he can just continue to become uh, better at finishing at the best basket, continue to come, become stronger, he's a top 30 guy in the league uh, and is a very good player for them. On the bench, they got Jordan Clarkson, who they re-signed to a pretty solid deal, and I think that uh, made a ton of sense for them on both sides. Uh, it was a good deal for him and for them. Uh, four years, uh, $52 million was an explosive scorer off the bench uh, last season and had one of his best seasons uh, in the league, honestly. He was really valuable for them. Is a guy who can take some very cringe shots where it's just contested and it's ugly, but he also can make those type of shots. Uh, he's a really talented scorer and is uh, just a streaky player who sometimes you simply can't put in the game because he's not hitting his shots, but when he's hitting, he is an explosive scorer off that bench for them. They got Royce O'Neal, who's a really uh, good defensive wing, is improving on his three-point shot every year and can, needs to continue to get better at that. But I think if he uh, does, he can be just a really nice 3 and D wing for them. And he's going to get minutes just due to how good he is on the defense side of the ball anyway. They got Georges Niang, who's a player who, honestly, I wouldn't 
uh, really like to be a, a big part of their rotation. But when I was looking at this team, I'm like, damn, they're they're honestly really not that deep at all. But he he's still a solid player to have off of ben, off the bench. Another like uh, three and D wing for them who uh, played some decent minutes last season. I mean, he played 14 minutes a game. Uh, didn't shoot the th- uh, shot the three ball actually uh, very well. Shot 40 percent. Uh, only average about six points, and he's going to uh, need to play some more minutes this season because, again, they really just don't have uh, that much depth on this roster, to be totally honest. And then they got Derek Favors uh, at the backup five. They re-signed him, which I think was a really smart move for them. Uh, he was really good in his time in Utah, uh, and him and Rudy Gobert, uh, even though he's definitely a worse defender than Rudy Gobert, when Rudy Gobert was out, he uh, still came in and played some really impactful minutes uh, at the five and played some excellent defense. Uh, He's not nearly a shot blocker, but he's really good at just contesting shots and making shots difficult. And then on offense, he has a pretty simple skill set, but he is a really good post player. Could shoot the mid-range a little bit and works well in the pick and roll. Just does basically all the traditional things you'd want out of a big, so I think it's really good to have him at the back of five. And then they got rookies and Yudoka Azubuke and Elijah Hughes. Uh, it kind of confused me, confuses me now that they drafted Yudoka and then signed Derek Favors because Yudoka is a player who was a four-year player out of college, uh, but is still super raw. Is a crazy athlete and had a really high vertical considering his size. Like he is strong as hell. Uh, and is just super big and still had a really good vertical. But he's just such a raw player that I it just it was a confusing pick. But I really did like the Elijah Hughes pick. Reminds me of like a Jordan Clarkson type of player where they're going to have some nights where those two are both just chucking shots and it's going to be ugly. But he's going to be a really explosive scorer off the bench for them. Could shoot the three ball well and can hit those contested shots even though he's going to have some ugly shots at times. And is a really good uh, shot blocker for a wing as well. It's pretty athletic. Uh, my team MVP for them is Donovan Mitchell. I'm expecting an excellent season out of him where he steps up, becomes a better playmaker, and just continues to be the great scorer that he was, getting even better at that. My team defensive player of the year for them is Rudy Gobert. I mean, he's just going to have another great defensive season, make uh, all d- defensive first team probably, uh, and he's just consistently been one of the best defenders in the league, and I expect nothing else uh, than great defense from him this season. My team most improved player for them is Mike Conley, which is a weird one because uh, in most cases I usually pick a young guy who I expect to take a leap. But I'm uh, picking Mike Conley because I just expect him to be a lot better this season. His efficiency was pretty rough last year, and he had some just awful games. But I expect him to be a lot more consistent, even if he's not putting up uh, the same numbers that he was in Utah, which I don't think we should expect at this point in his uh, career. I think he's still going to be a solid player for them and be much better than last season. My biggest storylines around the season for them, is it uh, time to trade Rudy Gobert? Uh, he's obviously a great player and is especially impactful in the regular season with how good he is on the defense side of the ball. But he's going to be up for a contract soon. And his value is one of the most interesting things in the league uh, for me because so many people, so many different people think different things about his value. And I always go back and forth on it because I'm like, with Rudy Gobert as one of your highest paid players, I just don't know if you have a championship ceiling. But you also have a really high floor where you're probably always going to be a playoff team because he's just that impactful. Uh, so it's really interesting to see if it's time to move on from him or, or if they're ready to give him the big contract that he's going to be wanting. Uh, and then will they finally get out of the middle? Like They've been this team these uh, these past couple seasons where they're fun, they have some cool moments, they're a solid regular season team, but at the end of the day, they're a first or second round exit at best. Will th- 
will they get out of the middle in a bad way and miss the playoffs in a really good Western Conference? Or will uh, their players elevate? Will Donovan Mitchell be like an MVP-level player? As he's like a sleep, a very, very uh, big sleeper candidate for me, where I don't expect him to win MVP by any means. But I could see him taking like a big leap uh, and then being uh, an MVP candidate. And that would help them get out of the middle. Uh, it's definitely going to be a dress and see. And then how good is Donovan Mitchell? Is he ready to take that uh, big leap and be a true uh, superstar level player, be like a top 15 uh, solidified guy in the league? Or is he just going to continue to be around a top 20 to 25 guy and be really good, don't get me wrong, but not be good enough to be a ch- uh, first option on a championship team? That'll be exciting to see. My expectations for them is to be a top five to eight seed and be a first round exit. There's just uh, so many other teams I believe in way more uh, in the Western Conference. I like the Suns more than them. I like the Mavericks, uh, obviously the Lakers, the Clippers, uh, the Denver Nuggets. Uh, In the series, I would pick the Warriors over them. There's just a lot of teams that I think are better, but I think they're going to continue to be a, a really good regular season team and then lose to a better team in the playoffs. My next season preview is for the Portland Trailblazers. My starting lineup uh, for them is Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Gary Trent Jr., Robert Covington, and Yusuf Nurkic. Damian Lillard is one of the best players in the entire league uh, and is coming off um, probably his best season last year. Did uh, disappoint a little bit in the playoffs, but he was dealing with a ton of injuries, so I'm not really going to blame that on him. And They were playing a much better uh, Los Angeles Lakers team, but he was crazy in the bubble and was crazy uh, during the regular season, was a near 30-point-per-game score, averaged about 8 assists, and shot the three-ball at a ridiculous efficiency. Shot near or or over 40% from three uh, on a crazy amount of attempts, too. And you got to consider the difficulty as well. A lot of those are step back, sidestep, super deep, uh, contested off-the-dribble threes. And he was still uh, such a good shooter. Is one of the three best shooters in the entire league. And I feel like he never gets brought up in the conversation, which I just don't understand. Like, everybody goes from Steph Curry to Klay Thompson to, like, Duncan Robinson. But people don't mention how good Damian Lillard is as a shooter. He is just such a good player, and I'm expecting another massive season for him. Maybe won't put up as uh, the same numbers just because of how much more depth this roster has and how many more good players are around him. But I expect him to put up uh, still very good numbers. Maybe average less points, but more assists and on even better efficiency than the crazy efficiency he had last year. Expecting a near MVP season from Damian Lillard. I'm expecting him to be a top five candidate in the league and maybe even the MVP. I'm expecting really, really big things out of Damian Lillard. At the two, they got CJ McCollum, who's just one of the best offensive players in the entire league and has consistently been that. Like He is such a just consistently really good player uh, is a solid enough playmaker but is so skilled on the offense side of the ball and it's really fun to watch i remember in the bubble uh, last year where they were having those games where they were fighting uh, for the playoffs and they were playing like the memphis grizzlies it was so much fun to watch cj mccullum just go off uh, he was hitting crazy tough step back threes off the dribble mid ranges, and he's uh, gonna continue to be one of the best offensive players in the league. And that that backcourt tandem, even though they're limited on the offensive side of the ball, and I don't know necessarily how good a team with Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum as their backcourt can be, they're so good on the offensive side of the ball, and I'm expecting great seasons out of both of them. 
At three, I have them running Gary Trent Jr., who's definitely a little bit small for the three, uh, but especially with Rodney Hood coming back from the huge injury that he is, I expect him to get eased in a little bit more, and I don't think they're going to run Carmelo Anthony at the three, so I think it makes sense uh, for them to run Gary Trent Jr., who I'm expecting a really, really good season out of. Uh, he's a player who I think has a lot of potential, actually. Uh, I think he could be like a uh, buddy healed, but with better defense. And that's a really, really good player. He's one of the best shooters in the league. Uh, really emerged in the bubble. Was ha- was emerging at the end of this regular season, too, which people really didn't realize. Like, it, even though it came a bit out of nowhere how good he was in the bubble, people should have expected him to be good in the bubble because he was having a really good uh, streak to end the regular season. And I'm expecting a great season from him this year. I expect him to shoot a ton of threes and shoot a great percentage on them. Uh, and, and as long as he can improve on the defensive side of the ball, he's going to get really, really big minutes for this team and uh, be a massive piece for them. Uh, at the four, got uh, Robert Covington, who was an amazing pickup for them. Easily one of the best pickups in this offseason where there wasn't a ton of like crazy uh, star talent moving. Getting a, such a good role player like Robert Covington is just absolutely massive for them. Robert Covington is one of the best 3 and D guys in the entire league. Definitely needs to become a more consistent three-point shooter and honestly had a, a pretty rough three-point shooting season last year, but was a really good three-point shooter in the playoffs. And his defense was crazy crazy last year he was easily one of the best defenders in the entire league I think he uh, should have got some more love for all defense to be honest he was running the center a lot and he was a great shot blocker uh, while still being a great perimeter defender just did everything for that Rockets team he was expected to do a lot and he uh, succeeded on that and I'm expecting him to be an absolutely massive piece uh, for the Portland Trailblazers, and that was just such a great pickup. They only had to give up some picks, which aren't really valuable to such a good team like this, so amazing pickup for them. And they got Yusuf Nurkic at the 5, who I think is honestly uh, a little bit underrated, to be honest. Uh, he did have the big leg injury, and he you could definitely tell that was affecting him in the bubble because he was at certain points just completely exhausted uh, and was getting exposed by Anthony Davis on the defense side of the ball. But he is a really, really good offensive player and one of the top five to seven centers in the entire league, to be honest. Uh, he, and uh, he is not even that bad on the defense side of the ball. I just think, again, the leg injury was really holding them back. But he's a great post player. He's a pretty good playmaker, can rebound. Uh, we saw the shot become something in the bubble. Uh, he's always been like a solid enough mid-range shooter, and that uh, can be a threat at times. But we saw him expand it to the three-point range. So if he can do that in this regular season, I mean, he basically is the complete offensive package while uh, being a solid enough defender as well. So I'm expecting a really good season out of Yusuf Nurkic. Off the bench, I got uh, Anthony Simons, who is a player that I like quite a lot. Uh, definitely is a player that I think uh, still needs some patience because you have to consider he went to IMG Academy uh, f- uh, for a prep year instead of going to college and then went to the NBA. So he's basically went from high school straight to the NBA. So you can't expect him to be uh, just a great player immediately, but he's a really skilled offensive player who can shoot the three ball, uh, who's pretty athletic, who can handle it really well. And I think he has a lot of potential. I don't know if the potential is ever going to be reached with the Portland Trailblazers just due to how uh, good those two guards are. But if they were to ever trade a guy like C.J. McCollum, if they wanted more of a defensive wing instead of C.J. McCollum, I think Anthony Simons could step into that role at some point because he 
is a player who just has a lot of potential, and I really like him. Uh, they also got Ronnie Hood, who I could uh, see being a starter, but I just think due to the Achilles injury, he should come off the bench, get eased back in. But he's a really skilled offensive player, uh, can uh, hit shots off the dribble, can create his own shot pretty well, can shoot the three ball very well. And before his injury, he was having a really good season for the Portland Trailblazers, was really good in the, uh, the playoffs in the previous season as well, and I'm expecting a good season out of him. Uh, they got also got Carmelo Anthony, who was a player that I'm probably a little bit lower on than most people. But I think just as a guy in the locker room, because they seem to really like Carmelo, and then he's still going to be a valuable enough player because he can shoot the three ball uh, very well and then can still have moments where he creates his own shot and at least uh, showed more effort on the defense side of the ball, was in uh, better shape for sure. Um, I did definitely like that they re-signed him. Uh, they got Nazir Little, who was a rookie that they had last season, uh, and I'm expecting a, a solid season uh, out of him this year. Uh, he definitely needs to become a, a better and more consistent offensive player, uh, especially if he can improve that three-point shot. But he's a really, really good defender, and he's just a super raw athlete who has a pretty high ceiling. You've got you got to remember he was one of the top uh, ranked prospects coming out of high school had a weird season at north carolina and fell down a ton i think that was a, a pretty big steal for them uh, just needs to really improve on the offensive side of the ball but he's already so good uh, as an athlete and as a defender that i think he sh uh, definitely should get some good rotational minutes uh, they also signed Derek Jones Jr., who I think is a pretty solid pickup. He's never going to be a player who's playing like crazy minutes, but he's so athletic and uh, is pretty good on the defense side of the ball that he, that he deserves to play sometimes. Uh, can play like the small ball five uh, sometimes even just due to how athletic he is. Great lob target. Uh, and is going to be fed by those guards. Uh, and then is a pretty good defender as well, so I like that pickup for them. Uh, they got Zach Collins, who is a player that I like uh, probably more than most people do. Uh, I think he's been given a bit of an unfair chance. He's had some pretty good uh, big men on his roster, and has dealt with a lot of injuries in his young career so far. But he's a big who can shoot the ball, who's a very solid defender. And honestly, that's all you need in this league. Uh, I don't know if he's ever going to get the opportunity uh, in uh, Portland, but I think with another team where he uh, has a little bit more opportunity, he can be a really nice player at some uh, point. And I like uh, Zach Collins quite a lot, especially just coming off the bench as a big. They uh, picked up Ennis Kander back on this roster, which I like quite a lot for them. Uh, definitely is a terrible defender, and that's something he's simply never going to be good at, especially in space and in the pick and roll. He's always struggled so much on the defensive side of the ball, but he's a really skilled offensive player who uh, is great at getting offensive rebounds and is uh, very good in the post as well. Uh, and then I really like just what he brings to the locker room as well. They seemed to love him when he was here, oh, and I, I think it was really nice that they picked him back up. Uh, and then they uh, re-signed, they didn't re-sign, they signed uh, Harry Giles, who is a player that I like a lot and I think deserves a chance. Uh, and I, I really like that they picked him up because it's just such a low-risk but high-reward signing because Harry Giles has such a high ceiling, but he had so many injuries in high school. He was the number one player in high school at one point in a stacked class. You got to consider this class had Jason Tatum, like Lonzo Ball, Markel Fultz, and he was uh, one of the top five guys in, in that class, but has dealt with so many injuries on uh, in his career so far. Uh, and just hasn't really got much opportunity. He hasn't been on the floor that much because because of those injuries. And I 
I still think he uh, deserves a chance, and I hope he gets that chance in Portland. My team MVP for them is Damian Lillard. Like I said, I expect him to be a legitimate MVP candidate and potentially the winner of it, so obviously he's the team MVP for them. My team defensive player of the year for them uh, is Robert Covington. I'm expecting him to fill a lot of the holes uh, on the defense side of the ball that they do have, and I'm expecting another amazing defensive season out of him. He's going to be uh, a really big uh, piece for them, and I think he's going to deliver on that on the defense side of the ball. And my team most improved player is Gary Trent. I just think his confidence is through the roof. Uh, I think he is going to be an amazing shooter for them next season. I wouldn't be surprised if he's shooting like eight to ten threes a game, uh, and he's going to still shoot a very good percentage on them because he's just that talented of a shooter. Uh, my biggest storylines around the season are, are they legitimate contenders? Uh, is this team just like a conference finals team or second round exit or all or are they legitimate one of the top like five teams in the league? Because this, you got some tough competition. You got a lot of really good teams in this Western Conference. But I think honestly, after the Los Angeles Lakers, who I think are the clear favorite in the league as a whole, I think it's pretty wide open. So they could take advantage. Uh, if Chris Tapsworzingis can't stay healthy, they're going to be better than the Mavericks. Uh, if uh, the loss of Jeremy Grant really hurts. They could be better than the Nuggets if the chemistry falls apart. They could be better than the Clippers. Like They very well could be the second-best team in, in the Western Conference, so I'm really excited to see. Are they legitimate contenders in this league? And the next one kind of goes with, the, is this core good enough simply? Is the trio of Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, and Yusuf Nurkic uh, a championship trio, or are they just going to continue to be the really good regular season team that they are uh, and then be... Uh, a second round or conference finals exit and then is terry stoss the right coach he's been uh, the coach for multiple years now uh and they still haven't uh, taken that big leap that you'd want to see them take uh so it's interesting is it the roster just not being good enough or is terry stotts uh, not the right coach and if they disappoint with such a good roster like they have this season i think terry stotts isn't the right coach so definitely a big storyline around the season for them uh, I expect them to be anywhere from a two to six seed. Like I said, the uh, Western Conference is just super open, uh, and especially in a condensed season where we're only playing 72 games uh, and people could be out uh, with COVID-19, and I expect there to probably be more injuries due to the very shortened off season. Uh, it's super open, so I could expect... I could see them being the two seed, and I wouldn't be surprised. But I could also see them being the six seed, and I wouldn't be surprised. Definitely interested to see uh, where they land in the standings. And I expect them to be a uh, second round or conference finals exit. I'm expecting big things out of them. I just think the Lakers are such a good team that they're better than uh, everyone in the entire league. But uh, the Trailblazers could definitely be up there and make a fun conference finals with them. I'm really, really excited to see the Trailblazers play basketball this year. My last season preview is for the Minnesota Timberwolves. My starting lineup for them is D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Anthony Edwards, uh, Wancho Hernan Gomez, and Carl Anthony Towns. I kind of went back and forth on who I should put in the starting lineup because uh, they have a lot of different options that they could go to, and this is definitely more of like a scoring, offensive-oriented uh, lineup, but they could go with more of a playmaking one with Ricky Rubio, more of a defensive one with a guy like uh, Josh Cogier, Derek Culver, but this is the one I ended up going with. I'm expecting D'Angelo Russell to have a really good season. I think the uh, dynamic of him and Carl Anthony Towns is just going to be really fun to watch because they're both so uh, such skilled offensive players, and they both complement each other really well because uh, D'Angelo Russell thrives in the pick-and-roll. Carl Anthony Towns is a big man that works great in the pick-and-roll and the pick-and-pop. 
Uh, and then D'Angelo Russell can also ISO, and if he's getting attention, he can kick it out to the greatest shooting big men of all time in Carl Anthony Towns. So I'm expecting a really good season out of him. Going to average over 20 points, uh, uh, about like seven assists, work great in the pick and roll, be a really good three-point shooter, and be a big part of this being one of the best offenses in the entire league. I'm expecting a really nice season out of D'Lo. Uh, two, they got Malik Beasley, who they re-signed on a pretty good contract. Uh, five years, $60 million. Definitely a bit weird considering the Anthony Edwards pick uh, and all the things that were going on with Malik Beasley in the offseason. He was, yeah, there was a lot of weird things going on with him and uh, may not like him at all off the court. But on the court, I really like watching Malik Beasley and think he's a really, really good player. Uh, had some great moments for the Minnesota Timberwolves in the short time he was playing for them uh, due, to this, due to the season getting shut down. But he was a near like 18 to 20 point per game score in the limited amount of time he was there and i'm expecting a really good season out of him this year can shoot the three ball well can create his own shot and it's going to be another just really really good offensive player on this roster i have anthony edwards starting at the three uh definitely is a little bit small to run the three but i think uh, i heard he's gained an inch uh since the draft uh and he's like six six now which uh, is a pretty uh, solid enough uh, size to be a three, and he's uh, super strong as well, so I think he can hold his own at three position, uh, and he's a player who I'm uh, pretty interested to see how he plays this season. Uh, he's really skilled on the offensive side of the ball, but does have uh, some very concerning so shot selection issues, uh, but he is a much better three-point shooter than his uh, percentage indicated at, in his uh, college year because he just shot a lot of bad three-point shots. And he's super strong, can finish at the basket well, can finish through contact, can handle it, can create his own shot very well. Uh, also worried about him on the defense side of the ball because he has all the tools in the world to be a really good defender, but it's just an effort thing. He gives me a lot of Andrew Wiggins vibes, and that scares me a lot because obviously they went through the Andrew uh, Wiggins experience already. So I hope it's not like that, but it definitely does worry me that he could be a player like that. Uh, at the four, got Wancho Hernan Gomez. Uh, the four position is definitely the weakest part of this roster uh, and is probably a big thing that's going to hold them back this season is just the lack of uh, four uh, depth that they have because uh, they have some pretty solid wings, but none of those guys can realistically play forward. Like, you're not going to ask uh, Josh Akogi or Jarrett Culver to play the four. Uh, but he was actually really solid for uh, Minnesota in the short amount of time that he played for them. He was uh, the starter playing about 30 minutes per game, getting much more opportunity than he ever did for the Denver Nuggets. Uh, and he shot the three ball very, very well, which is something he's been uh, kind of inconsistent with throughout his career so far. Like, he'll have some nice flashes, and then he'll... Uh, just not shoot the three ball great, uh, but he was a 42% three-point shooter, Shot has shot 36% on his career so far, uh, but I expect him to be an, another pretty solid offensive player on this roster. Uh, definitely am concerned about him uh, having to be a pretty good wing defender considering just the lack of defense they have on this roster, but he's a solid enough player who is going to have a decent season at that four position. Uh, and then they got Carl Anthony Towns at the five, who is one of the most talented players in this league. I honestly feel like Carl Anthony Towns has kind of gone underrated these past couple seasons because it's the Minnesota Timberwolves and they haven't been really exciting. So uh, he hasn't gotten that same uh, attention that a lot of other uh, young players have. But he is the best shooting big man we've ever seen. I know people love uh, Dirk Nowitzki. He's one of my favorite players ever. But Carl Anthony Towns is easily the best shooting big man of all time. It's really not even a debate for me. I mean, he shot eight threes a game and shot like 40%. He is a truly, truly special three-point shooter. And you also got to consider these were not just off the drip, 
uh, off the catch, wide open threes. These were off the dribble, uh, step back, sidestep threes. Like he is just that good as a three point shooter. Uh, and I'm expecting a great offensive season from uh, him. I expect him to be a big time scorer. Still worried about him on the defensive side of the ball, like a lot of guys on this roster. But he's just so skilled on the offensive side of the ball that he's in for another great season. Of the bench, got Ricky Rubio. Uh, pretty good pickup for them. I think he's going to just bring a lot of really nice veteran leadership for them uh, and brings uh, even more playmaking on this roster. I uh, just more like him what he brings to the locker room than anything. But he's, he's still a super solid player, uh, player, one of the best playmakers in the league, a pretty solid defender as well. A uh, three-point shot is, uh, comes and goes, and his scoring as a whole comes and goes. But he's just going to be a nice player to have on this roster. Definitely could see him starting with D'Angelo Russell, uh, but he's also going to be fine to come off the bench as well. And they got Josh Okogie, who is a really, really good defender. Uh, and I think as long as he can t continue to develop his uh, offensive game, he can be one of the better 3 and D guys in the league, just considering how good he is already on the defense side of the ball. Solid rebounder as well, could finish at the basket. And it's definitely going to be getting some good rotation minutes for them. And they got uh, Jarrett Culver, who is a player who had a really weird rookie season where he was just straight up bad for a lot of it. But he had some really nice signs towards the end of the season. And I definitely don't think they should give up on him. He's a player who uh, can do a lot of different things. He can handle the ball. He definitely uh, showed some really nice point forward ability with his ability as a playmaker. And he was a really good defender last season. Even when was, his offense was struggling really, really bad, he was still uh, a good defender. And I think, again, they shouldn't give up on him, and they should still believe in him being a solid player for them. Uh, they got Jake Lehman, who is a player who's probably going to be playing more minutes than he should be just due to the lack of uh, wings slash four depth that they have. Uh, he isn't really a good three-point shooter, but is pretty athletic, can slash to the basket well, uh, and is a decent defender, I guess, but he's just kind of... Uh, he's just kind of there for now, to be honest. Uh, they picked up Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, which I think was a pretty solid pickup for them, uh, to be honest. He uh, was uh, pretty decent for the Toronto Raptors last season. Wasn't great and didn't uh, really play at all to begin the season. But towards the end of the season, he was getting some more minutes. He's just a really good energy guy off the bench. I think he's a super good guy for the locker room as well. He's just going to come off the bench, hustle, roll to the basket. Can't really shoot at all. Uh, but I do like that pickup for them. Uh, and then they got uh, Ed Davis, who is just a pretty solid uh, backup five for them to have. Uh, he's a player who's uh, just consistently been uh, a decent backup. Didn't have a great season last year and had one of his worst seasons in the wild, but he just does most of the traditional big men things uh, that you'd want him to do. He boxes out well, uh, rolls to the basket, sets good screens, and is a really good rebounder. So... Uh, I do like that pickup for them. And then they got uh, Nas Reed, who had a pretty uh, solid rookie season, especially considering he was uh, a player that uh, I'm pretty sure went undrafted uh, for them. And, yeah, he went undrafted and he got signed. He actually played some pretty decent minutes, uh, averaged nine points per game, didn't shoot it uh, crazy efficiently, uh, as he was asked to be a uh, uh, three-point shooter as well he shot over three threes a game in only 16 and a half minutes and that's a really good sign only shot 33 percent but i always love the willingness uh, to shoot the three ball and i'm excited to hopefully see him get some more minutes uh this season for them 
Uh, and they got plenty of other rookies as well. They got Ashton Haggins, who is an amazing uh, defensive point guard. Reminds me a ton of Patrick Beverly. Definitely needs to improve his offense a lot. Was a terrible shooter and was out of control a ton when he was attacking the basket, which really hurt his efficiency as a whole. They got Leandro um, Balmaro, who is a pretty uh, interesting player. He is a bit of a point forward. Uh, can handle the ball pretty well, can facilitate, is a really scrappy defender, needs to improve as a shooter for sure, and I expect him to get uh, some action in the G League, but uh, I think he could be a solid player for them and a good rotation guy at some point. They got Jaden McDaniels, who is a super uh, talented player, but had a pretty disappointing season at Washington as he had some attitude issues. He was put on the bench at one point, uh, but he is a skilled four who can shoot the ball really well, can uh, hit t difficult shots even though he can definitely settle for difficult shots too much and has potential on the defensive side of the ball uh, just needs to have a, a higher motor and a higher iq because he can just uh, make some dumb plays at times uh, and then uh, be a bit selfish and take bad shots uh, and then they got aid murky who i'm not gonna lie i know nothing about but they uh, got him uh, in undrafted free agency i don't even know if he'll make the team uh, my team MVP for them is Carl Anthony Downs. I'm expecting him to have a great season. Honestly, if uh, I had higher expectations for them, and if I if he had a better roster, especially on the defense side of the ball, and I was like, yeah, they're going to be a solidified playoff team. Honestly, I could see him being a real MVP candidate. That's just how talented I think Carl uh, Anthony Towns is. My team defensive player of the year for them is Josh Okoge. Uh, like I said, the defense on this roster, uh, like I've continued to say, actually, the defense on this roster is really concerning to me, but he is one of those guys I'm really confident to be really good on the defense side of the ball. Uh, I just really hope his uh, three-point shot comes along, because if it does, he's going to be a really nice player uh, for this roster for years to come. My team most improved player for them is Jarrett Culver. Uh, he was coming off a, a rough rookie season, but I expect him to be much better this season. I just hope he becomes more consistent. Uh, I hope his confidence is better because that's definitely something that seemed to uh, affect him with his lack of confidence. But uh, he's still uh, a player that I believe in, just needs to shoot the three ball better, uh, needs to become a more confident player. But I, I still like his potential quite a lot. My biggest storylines around the season is can they make the playoffs? Uh, which, honestly, I don't think they will. But even can they make the play-in tournament? Because I, I think that would be uh, a mini-W for them, especially considering that the uh, Warriors have their pick. Uh, and they're going to need to keep uh, a guy like Carl Anthony Towns and a guy like D'Angelo Russell happy. So I think they need to be at least fighting for a play-in spot uh, or play-off spot. And then how good are the rookies? They got plenty of rookies. So uh, how good is a guy like Anthony Edwards going to be? Even though he was the first pick in this draft, literally there's so many different players that could end up being the best uh, per the best player in this draft. So it's not uh, at all 100% sure that Anthony Edwards is going to be the number one guy in this class. So uh, definitely interested to see how good he is. Definitely uh, interested to see how good they took uh, a bit of a swing on a guy like uh, Leandro Barmalo and then Jaden McDaniel. Super interested to see how good those guys are because they have potential uh, but they definitely could just amount to being nothing. So it's definitely interesting to see how good the rookies are going to be. And then how much will the defense hold them back? I'm expecting their, them to be one of the worst defenses in the league. So is that really going to make them one of the worst teams in the league? Or is their offense going to be so good that it makes up for that? I expect them to be a top 10 to 12 seed in the Western Conference and then fighting for a play-in tournament. I think uh, that'd be a W for them if they could get into the play-in tournament and then have some exciting games and potentially try and sneak into the playoffs. That has been the episode of the Under Pressure Podcast. I hope you enjoyed. It's been Michael.
Peace out.